1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and we're going to get to why Americans are bad drivers. (laughs) Someone has a question about that. Someone really doesn't want Trump to run again. I'll address that. Someone found yet another portal for ESG, something you and I have to be aware of. We have to be more diligent about it. I'm right there with you. I have to be more diligent about it. All that is still to come. I did want to address something really quickly, though. Uh, There's an article out today in the New York Post. About fentanyl. Now, I always called it fentanyl, but everyone yelled at me so much because I can't talk. So apparently it's fentanyl. These college snobs, Chris, and their words. Anyway, anyway, fentanyl. Horrific poison. It's a drug. Unbelievably powerful drug. The kind of drug that can have you hospitalized if you come into contact with it. And I don't mean you're out there snorting it. Like, you touch it accidentally, it can send you to the hospital. It's that powerful. And the headline is this, fentanyl overdoses are killing thousands of Americans. What's fueling the rise? And I thought it would probably be pretty appropriate to break down what is fueling the rise. I don't care what they say. I know what's fueling the rise. One, fentanyl's not made here. Fentanyl's not made in Mexico either. Fentanyl's made in China. You know what the opium wars were? I'm not going to do a long history thing on it right now. I've done that before. I've done it before. I've done opium wars before, Chris. Maybe I'll do another one in the future for anyone who missed that in the past. Maybe I will do some opium wars stuff. But what you need to know about the opium wars is this. Britain wanted some things China had. Couldn't get them. Britain understood full well Getting a population hooked on drugs, getting a Chinese population hooked on drugs would weaken the society as a whole and make them easier to conquer. Remember, when we talk about conquest and battles and wars, it's so easy for you and me. I know I'm super guilty of this to focus on the sexy stuff we like to watch in the movies, right? I mean, terrible stuff, but bombs and bullets and swords and shields and fortresses and cannons and trebuchets and sappers and all the cool stuff, right? Who's the greatest conqueror of all time? I mean, you can make some arguments on this. Is it Alexander the Great? Is it uh, uh, Julius Caesar? Is it uh, uh, Tamerlane? I say Genghis Khan. I know you can argue that. I say Genghis Khan, but understand this. When you picture Genghis Khan, if you know anything about him, you probably picture a bunch of horse archers who are just, they move too fast, they're too accurate, too disciplined, They just—they—they no one could keep up with them, they just tore you down, and that's not inaccurate. But you want to know one of the biggest priorities for Genghis Khan always? He ran the most sophisticated intelligence network of its time. He not only had spies everywhere, He had infiltrators everywhere. When you picture Genghis Khan taking a city, you picture him laying siege, and eventually he puts everyone to the sword, and after they batter down the gates, and that's not wrong, but Genghis Khan understood those gates can come down a whole lot easier if I do some of the work before I get to the city. He would send subversives into cities, into nations beforehand, just go drink in the bars. Go hang around the palace. Go find out what are the political divisions here. What are some of the more destructive tendencies that people have? How can we exploit those and weaken the society before the army shows up at the gates? China has an Eastern philosophy when it comes to warfare, a very long term. We tend to be more impatient. They have a very long-term view of warfare. Remember, they, have a, they want to take over America by 2050. 2050? That's ah, like three decades from now. What? That's how they look at things. China understands there are so many different ways you can attack America. You can buy up our farmland, and they're doing that. You can buy off our politicians. They've already done that. You can own our university system. They've done that to a large part. Now, maybe you're saying, oh, man, that's enough. China would never view it as being enough. You attack everything at once. Taking down America is about more than building aircraft carriers and nuclear weapons. It's about drugs, too. Let's have a hard talk about you and me. I'm not talking about you specifically, but as a country, we do a lot of drugs. The drug numbers have always been in this country. Well, I shouldn't say always, but really since the 60s on, they've been gigantic. And look, I'm not your dad here. I'm not your pastor. I'm not talking down to you. And hey, I've made all kinds of mistakes in my life. Okay, I'm not not judging you. I'm not talking down to you. If you're struggling with some addiction, you're never going to get judgment from me. Anything terrible you've done, I've done it worse. I promise. Get yourself some help. But we do a lot of drugs as a country. There's a lot that goes into that. Part of it is, a big part of it is, we are the two things that almost always get you hooked on drugs. We are rich and we are bored. Why do you think we have so much of this crazy trans insanity stuff out there? All the different craziness out there now. Why do you think they don't struggle with that in uh, Rwanda? Because they're not bored. They're worried about having to eat that day. You don't worry about eating air conditioning, clean water. We are bored and we are rich and we do a lot of drugs. China sees this. China knows this. So China produces fentanyl. China sends the fentanyl to Mexico. Joe Biden has opened up the border so now the fentanyl flows in from Mexico at an alarming rate and Americans consume it. We are listless Bored country, absent real challenges. We have been for a long time. Remember that. That's not. I'm. That's. I want to say that's not our fault. Maybe that's not the way I want to put it. Understand that that is the common theme throughout the history of the world. When a nation becomes mega powerful and mega wealthy, they end up falling into debauchery. They just do various kinds because they're bored we're going the same way look i mentioned genghis khan the mongols went the same way eventually drinking too much too much chinese silk too much time in the opium dens too much time in the harem soon it's not genghis khan anymore soon you're getting slapped around because you're not as hard as you used to be romans did it alexander the great's empire went through that this is the norm this is not don't Don't think bad about yourself for it or bad about your country for it. What would you say, Chris? Chris said, is war the answer? No, but war is what always comes. Because, look, people don't change. The world doesn't change. When you're the United States of America with all these resources... And you've been number one for a long time, which automatically creates jealousy. And you've been number one for a long time while also doing quite a bit of meddling in other people's countries. That creates not only jealousy but animosity out there. the The wolves are waiting and watching. They're always watching. They're waiting. And yeah, I mean, eventually, look, eventually a war is going to come because eventually somebody's going to challenge you. Somebody wants what you have. They've been softening you up for a long time, and they want to see what you're made of. Maybe you win that. Maybe you don't, but it's always inevitable. But that's why we have a fentanyl crisis. It's three parts. China is shipping it here as part of a multi-pronged strategy to weaken their number one geopolitical foe. Joe Biden has enabled it. Democrats believe in wide open borders because they hate the United States of America. And because they've always believed more Latinos means more Democrat votes and Americans do a lot of drugs. And on top of being bored and listless, remember, because of the absolute COVID insanity where we paid people not to work, took away people's livelihoods, which gives people a sense of purpose, especially men, when you do that. You inevitably create a mental health crisis. We have a mental health crisis in our young people. We told them they have to wear masks to protect themselves, which is the stupidest thing ever. We told them to stay home from school, don't go out, don't play with friends, sit in front of your computer. You're just you're creating a a, a guaranteed recipe for a mental health disaster. And whenever you have a mental health disaster, you have a recipe for a society that's going to struggle with drugs, going to struggle with drugs, going to struggle with alcohol that's why we have a fentanyl crisis it's not more complicated than that if, unless we close the border unless we start doing some real 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 hard things towards China so this flow stops to this country unless we do those two things it's going to continue and get worse a hundred thousand overdose deaths in 2021 we lost a hundred thousand Americans in a year and that's freaking sad all right that's enough of that. ESG and why Americans can't drive. Hang on. I've oh got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. the jesse kelly show chris chris thinks we should in an effort to avoid the destruction of america do essentially what rome did and build a gigantic aircraft carrier and sink it um i don't think that's probably the route we should go no the problem is he brought up uh, well it was brought up war do we need a war should we have a war to try to save a country that's getting bored and listless and kind of destroying itself from within no but yes and here's what i mean we need a challenge, a real challenge. A society that's worried about men changing their gender is a society lacking challenges. Idle hands are the devil's—what the devil's workshop or something like that. I forget how the saying goes, but it is true. We do need challenges. Well, what challenges can you possibly have if you're a country like ours? War. The problem with that is war is so terrible, and it's something people talk about like it's nothing if you've never been in it man it, it's just you hate to say that do you need a world war 2 do you need a world war 3 to try to get america back to what it was maybe but do we do we want 5 million americans to die cuz realize the numbers of deaths keep going up in these wars because the killing power of weapons is so much greater now than it was i think we should probably go for a different route no all right, Now, let's address, let's address the hard issues. Jesse, you could do a whole show on how horrible Americans drive. I disagree. Allow me to explain. This is something that is universal, no matter where you live. Right now, people are listening to the sound of my voice in New York, in Seattle, and eastern Washington. In Florida, in LA, Philly, Chicago, Omaha, St. Louis, Houston, all over the country, people are listening to the sound of my voice. Rural areas, urban areas, everywhere in between. Every single person listening to the sound of my voice has said this in their lifetime. If you're old enough, if you're one of the people old enough to drive. Oh, the people in my area fill in the blank. They're the worst drivers. Everyone says that. I've lived all over the country and everywhere I've lived. I talk to people there, and they say, oh, man, uh, the Bozeman, uh, they, they have the worst drivers. Oh, Tucson's drivers are the worst. Houston drivers are the worst. D.C. drivers are the worst. No. Drivers are equally bad everywhere. I will argue in the South, they're a little bit more polite. I, that, that has been noticeable when you move from, like, the Northeast, where I've lived, down to the South. You're more apt for someone to leave that gap and let you pull in when you're making a right somewhere. But for the most part, they're the same everywhere. The reason you think drivers suck, it's the 10%. Most drivers are fine. It's the same, Look, it's the same reason air travel sucks. Air travel would be fine if it wasn't for the bottom 10%. It's always the bottom 10% of society That screws everything up. It's the reason you have so many laws. It's the reason you have so many disclaimers. It's the reason you have to fill out 9,000 forms when you go to the doctor's office. It's the reason you think drivers suck in your area. It's because of the bottom 10%. Most people, most people are conscientious. They look around. They'll let you out. Let a pedestrian cross. 10% screw it up. For everybody, the woman driving in the left lane doing less than the speed limit for 9000 miles because she's making a left in California when she's leaving North Carolina. She screws it up for everybody on the road. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, That's true, isn't it? She screws it up for everyone. So cars pile up behind her, creating this incessant rage. I could feel it boiling up inside of me now as we speak. Then people do what? They start getting angry, then they start getting aggressive to get around that one daggone woman. So then they're darting in and out of traffic and becoming more and more rude. And then horns are coming out. Soon, people are giving people the middle finger. Soon, do you have a pile up on the highway because someone followed too close. All because of what? One woman doing her makeup in the left lane doing 55 on the highway. All it takes is one to blow it up for everybody. It's the same thing with air travel. Oh, man, there's such a long line at security. There wouldn't be a long line at security. There was the one person who got up there who acted shocked they have to take their shoes off. And then, of course, the guy forgot to take his iPhone out of his his pants pocket so that pops. So he has to come back through. And then the TSA agent reminds him of it. Then he wants to argue with the TSA agent, completely oblivious to the fact there are a hundred people behind him who want to get through the line. Everyone isn't screwed up. All of air travel isn't screwed up. It's the one doofus standing there who screws it up for everybody at your office. Look, we, we used to have this all the time. You know, I was in, right before I started doing this, I was in sales and I was an RV sales manager. And you know what it's like when you work for any kind of a company at all, large or small, you have to have meetings. How many meetings do you have that don't apply to you at all, but you have the meeting because some idiot at your country, uh, your company screwed something up? I'll never forget it. I will never forget it as long as I live. One of the darkest days at the RV dealership was this. I was a sales manager at one down here in Houston. It's roasting hot down here. And the the lot was huge. It's acres big with RVs everywhere. So we had golf carts. You get in golf carts and put your customers in golf carts because it's super hot. Driving them all over, checking out the RVs. The dealership had something like eight or nine locations when I worked there. I think it's bigger now. One guy at a totally separate location wrecked his golf cart and injured himself. Boop. Company-wide ban on golf carts. From that point forward, Chris asked if he was drinking. I mean, who knows if he was drinking? Look, whenever I hear someone got in a golf cart accident, I automatically assume they were drinking. (laughs) So I don't know if he was drinking or not. I don't know. I didn't know the guy. Again, I didn't know the guy. I didn't see it. I couldn't have stopped it. It wasn't even at my store. had nothing to do with me. But again, the bottom 10% no matter what the situation is, are constantly ruining it for everybody. It's not that American drivers are bad or they're worse in New York or they're worse here in Florida. Shout out to Florida Man Radio, by the way. Or they're worse here in Houston or they're worse in Omaha. Or they're No, no. Drivers in your area, for the most part, are fine. You have 10% of the people who are inconsiderate morons and shouldn't have a license anymore. All right. I'm glad I feel so much better having gotten that off my chest, Chris. All right, some lady is really mad at Trump and does not want Trump to run again. She's a little peeved at me too. So let's let's talk about it. Hang on. Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. I'm happy to announce Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. PureTalk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash jesse and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. It is the Jesse Kelly show. You said that band was the Strokes. Did they name that after Pfizer? Quick, <laughs> quick, Chris. That's fine. It's fine. All right. One more quick question on the drivers before we get to some lady mad at me or mad at Trump, whatever. We'll get to that in just a second. Did you? Chris said to me during the break. This, uh, keep in mind, Chris has never left the state of Texas ever. He's basically a hermit. Uh, Chris said, "No, no. I've seen videos of uh, New Yorkers." driving, you know, having to weave in and out, driving very, really, really aggressively. Well, I guess it depends on what you consider to be a good or bad driver. If you've ever driven in New York, which to be, to be honest, I've actually, as many times as I've been in New York, I've never driven there. Anyway, if you've ever ridden in a car, I've ridden, been in plenty of cabs in New York, you will understand you have to be aggressive or you'll never get where you're going like people don't obey people don't obey pedestrian signs in New York if you're a cabbie and you can turn left and you have the green light to turn left and people are just crossing anyway even though it's telling them not cabbies will just basically push them out of the way they'll just drive the car in the way is that being a bad driver i say that's doing what's necessary to survive and and allow me allow me to defend not just new york new jersey philly allow me allow me to defend these areas in the northeast that are considered rude i say granted i'm a rude person i say there are different kinds of rude i say politeness can be very rude too and this is what i mean by that this is common in texas i will tell you it's a lot more common in alabama which is one of my favorite states uh the florida panhandle georgia Throughout the south this is very very common and I consider this rude. They don't consider it rude, but I consider this rude. If you're in a convenience store, you're in a gas station and you're buying some you know some some Doritos. You go in the gas station, you buy some Doritos and you walk up to the counter and you're buying your Doritos and you see behind you, which you should out of politeness, you should see how many people are behind you and you see behind you There are people waiting in line to also purchase goods and services from the gas station, and yet you choose to sit and make small talk with the gas station guy. Hey, how you doing, Marty? Oh, I've been good. Oh, man, can you believe the weather out here today? And I've I've watched them do it. Not only that, they'll have paid and had the Doritos in hand and still just be standing there. Oh, I know. I can't stand the rain down here. But you may think that's polite. I think that is incredibly rude. I think it is very self-centered. Very, very inconsiderate. And look, you can say, oh, people from New Jersey are jerks. Eh, That's arguable. I get along great with people from New Jersey. I've been in New Jersey a lot. I've never once had to wait in a convenience store line because they're gabbing with the convenience store clerk. I say rude and polite. I say they're subjective. Which brings me perfectly to here. Do You see, John Kirby got a little snippy with a reporter yesterday. Simon, right yeah, I really
0: si- to Simon, ask you a question. Simon, Simon. To ask you this question. Simon, Sir, I'm going to I'm going to call on this man. Now, sir, listen now. I've been polite to you, but I expect a little bit of respect in return. You know, you know where we are this is the White House press briefing room, and you need to be more respectful. I'm going to call on this. Re- Ooh,
1: get a little. Getting a little salty up there. All right. Jesse, I agree with you on just about every point, but why would you want Trump to run again? He will split the vote and give the Dems the win. As many Republicans that would vote for him again would would vote for him again would not vote for him again. I don't know what that means. Not because of his policies, but because of his adolescent tweets, etc. Can we not produce a candidate that we don't have to hold our noses while we vote. Man, I miss Ronnie. All right, I, need to, I, I wanted to address this because I'll be honest with you. I hear this a lot. I hear it a lot. I actually personally witness this a lot. And this is what I mean. You know, I don't live in D.C. I don't live in New York. I live in the Burbs. I live in Houston. I like not living around political people. When I when I take these headphones off of my ears and I'm done with the Jesse Kelly show for the night and I'm done with my TV show, I'm right. It's on the first TV every night, 9 o'clock. When I'm done, when I check out, that's four hours of media day. When I'm done, I, in general, do not see a single other political person. I don't talk to another political person. Chris and Michael are the two political people I talk to. I hang out with normal people, just people like you hang out with. It gives me, in my opinion, a better gauge than what normal people say. I live in a red area, as you know. I hang out with neighbors all the time. We're in a very close neighborhood. Everyone looks out for each other. Everyone's armed. It's, It's a really good thing, but we always hang out. Always. The women in my neighborhood, they're Republican, too. The women in my neighborhood do not like Donald Trump. Had a conversation the other night. I actually had a little bit of a mini argument. I mean, no one got mad, but I had a mini argument. with uh was sitting with my wife and talking to a neighbor and his wife. And it basically came up, Trump versus DeSantis. And she said, I'm a Republican. I will not vote for Donald Trump again. She said, I'll vote for Ron DeSantis in a heartbeat. I will not vote for Donald Trump again. I can't stand all that stuff and whatnot. Now, this is where I stepped in. And I said, okay, look. Do you enjoy paying five dollars a gallon per gas? Do you, are you enjoying the recession we're in? Are you enjoying a wide open border? Trump's mean tweets are going to force you are, are going to cause you to do a vote against the interests of the United States of America? Now, that's how I look at it. I also am aware that's not how a lot of people vote. That's not how a lot of people look at it. A lot of people do vote on personality, and do they make me feel nice? And I'll be frank with you, you know I'm rude, so allow me to be rude now. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think that is suicidal. I couldn't care less if Donald Trump is a serial killer, if Donald Trump is going to go up there and put in policies that will affect positively a country of 330 million people. I set my feelings aside from that. Any problems I have with Trump, and I've been honest about that, as much as I like him, I've been honest. My problems are poor personnel decisions. He signed every big swampy spending bill, and he was a disaster during COVID, handing the country to Fauci. You've never heard me criticize Donald Trump for mean tweets, because I don't care. That doesn't have an effect on me. It doesn't affect me at all. If you have a different preferred candidate than Trump, that's totally fine. If you're very, very impressed with Heavy D, man, I don't blame you. I'm very impressed with Heavy D. The Constitution
2: of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law... Uh, You have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to perform those duties. And so today, we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren.
1: Very impressive. Very, very impressed. I'd be great with heavy D2. Just understand this. I want you to think about it this way. If you're one of those people who, ah, Trump's too mean, Trump's too mean. If the person you love the most needed emergency brain surgery now and had a very, very small chance to live and you had the best brain surgeon in the world who was willing to perform that brain surgery except he was, uh, uh, he was a tax cheat, cheats on his wife, he's a, a bad human being, he he kicks puppies as he walks down the street. He just spends his day kicking puppies. Would you care? No, you wouldn't. Don't care. Kick all the puppies you won. Go save my wife. Go save my son. When we're voting for president, we're not voting for your friend or my friend. We're voting to save the country. Now, go buy some chalk because this is what, I, this is what happens. When you think about these things, and maybe you're one of these people who doesn't want Trump to run. How can we stop him? What do we do? What do we, it's not in your control. It's not in my control. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. Donald Trump's his own man. Heavy D's his own man. Whether they run, don't run, it's up to them. They're going to run. Everything right now, the recession, inflation, it's all out of your control. That's why I've been hyper-focused more and more on myself and telling you to focus more on yourself in a positive way. Do, Do improvements on yourself. I've been lifting weights a lot more with my sons. I take Chalk every day. I take a male vitality stack from Chalk every single day. Part of my quest to be better. Better sleep, better focus, better energy. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days with natural herbal supplements. Ladies, take a female vitality stack. Natural herbal supplements with an anti-communist company. That's what we need right now. Go. C-H-O-Q dot com. Promo code Jesse gets you 35% off the whole store. Chalk.com, promo code Jesse. Missed out? Catch up. Uh-oh. JesseKellyShow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Dr. Jesse Friday. And you know what we need? I know what we need. We need to let the bar eat, baby. That's so beautiful. It just puts me, it puts me in a mood. It puts me in a mood, Chris. All right, let's do a light one. Shogun Oracle. You're stuck on an island. There's fresh water, fruit, and shellfish are easy to catch. Too bad for you, Chris. <laughs> anyway, you have a couple big lighters and a bush knife, so setting up shelter isn't too difficult. But you're stuck with Ilhan Omar, Gretchen Whitmer, or Dome Harris. Which one? It says I can say his name. His name is Larry. That's tough, that's a tough one. omar's Omar's the hottest one, but Omar now listen, Chris, you don't like Omar because she hates Jews, all right. I can set that aside and acknowledge I can acknowledge physical beauty and set aside anti-Semitism I know she doesn't have here, Chris. she can keep the weird thing on and it doesn't matter anyway. The problem with Omar uh, with Omar would be, Chris, do you have any audio of Omar? The problem with Omar would be that horrendous voice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Chris, you know what I'm talking about. What, Chris? We can make jokes. That's what her voice sounds like. That, if you're stuck on a deserted island, would be. Listen, imagine stuck on an island with this.
3: ...generation before enjoy more freedoms than my daughter's generation and the next.
1: Oof. That would be whoa, difficult to take <sighs> Gretchen Whitmer. You know what, We'll come back to her. Let's, let's go with dome. I, as you may have figured out by now, I like to laugh. I mean, life's too short, right? Even with all this disaster around us, we have to laugh. Imagine just wrap your mind around not being able to make jokes because if you made jokes. You would hear this anytime you made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs>
1: Which brings us to Gretchen Whitmer. I say Gretchen Whitmer is somebody who should be considered. Chris, do you have Gretchen Whitmer's voice? Look, if we're gonna do a voice off with Ilhan Omar and Dome, we at least need to hear Gretchen Whitmer. If I remember right, I've heard her voice before, and it sounds like a normal, kind of a, kind of a hot, you know, kind of a hot lady's voice. I, I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, yeah, I understand all three of these people are horrific. I get that. I'm stuck with the rules I've been given, and I say it's Gretchen Whitmer. You, you know what you need? If you were stuck on a deserted island. You know what you'd need? Because it'd be so hot? You'd need some per sheets. You'd need per sheets because you'd be laying there in the shelter that you built for yourself. And you'd have you'd have Dome or someone beside you, ha ha ha, laughing or boo, 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 with that horrible voice. And you'd be saying to yourself, Hey, at least I'm not laying here sweating. Cause I have my my per cal sheets and they're summer sheets. They're breathable. They have a cool feel to them. It's the summertime. We're all roasting to death. And they have this mega sale on the percal sheets, so go get some. In fact, get a couple pair. Get them for a gift. These are uh, the my pillow stuff is so underrated for gifts. We get my pillow stuff as gift givers all the time now. It's a hit every time. Oh, here's your my slippers. Here's a my pillow. Here's that. Go get some percal sheets while they're on sale. They're like half price. Go to mypillow.com. Radio listener specials use the promo code Jesse. Okay, mypillow.com promo code Jesse. Maybe you're on the road, call 800 845 0544. Chris, do you have Gretchen Whitmer's voice? Let's hear it. Let's hear it.
3: I'm fighting every day to put Michigan first and deliver for hard working families. Not bad,
1: and keep I'll
3: keep it work for going, Chris. Keep it going. I'm enjoying done. this. Not bad. I'm on the fundamentals.
1: I can handle this. That's not a bad voice. That's th- Look, you can, you, can, you can try to judge by a bunch of different things. If you're stuck on a deserted island with somebody, you better take the voice under consideration. You had better take the voice under consideration. Jesse, I just went online to check out buying a generator. Noticed in a drop down on uh, ESG, Generac, ESG. I guess Generac is a type of generator. Click on it, and it says in big letters, environmental social governance, and it provides reports. I emailed them. I'm taking my business elsewhere. I don't know where, but I said I will not be involved in any company doing this ESG crap. I added Sri Lanka has a great ESG score. How's that working out? Where did this ESG come from? Good for you, lady, and let this be a lesson to all of us, most definitely myself. I got to be honest. I'm being more and more diligent about seeking out ESG and avoiding doing business with any company that is doing it. Remember, ESG will collapse Western society. It is the government corporate partnership bringing communism into the mainstream so you can't escape it it, because it's corporations and government. It's all this insane climate change stuff that's frankly trying to destroy.
3: Last year, we set an ambitious goal. Our nation will cut our greenhouse gas emissions in half by no later than 2030. And by no later than 2050, we will reach net zero emissions.
1: These people are going to destroy us and kill a billion people. ESG is going to destroy us and kill a billion people. Those are the stakes of the game. But I have to admit, if I was buying a generator, it would not have occurred to me to look and see if the generator company was down with ESG. That is a lesson I just learned. I think it's a lesson we should all learn whenever we're making purchases now. Let's be more diligent about that. And when I say this stuff, putting your money where your morals are and stuff like that, I understand that that is a pain. I find it to be a pain. I'm not, look, I'm not different than you. It's a pain when I want to go out and, oh, no, 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 the the fridge went out or the mini freezer went out. We got to get something before the food goes bad. I want to just be able to run out to any store and grab a freezer and run home and put it in. I don't want to have to sit there on my cell phone in the parking lot. Well, let me look up the store in ESG and then look up the brand in ESG. I understand it creates an extra burden on your life at a time when you have enough burdens on your life. I know. I know. Isn't the country worth that? Look. Look. If you're not willing, if I'm not willing to sit in that parking lot and look up that store and check and see if they do business with communists or they are communists and make buying decisions on that. If I can't even make that sacrifice, the two minute sacrifice on my phone in the parking lot to look it up, then how much do I really care about saving the country? I'm not talking down to you. I'm guilty of this. I still screw this up. All the time. And oftentimes I'll find out after or sometimes it'll just be because I'm busy. I screw this up all the time. I'm not judging. How much do we care if we won't take the time to look into it? I say not enough. They are religiously committed to destroying Western society. They are religiously committed to bringing the United States of America to its knees if we can't even be committed enough to look something up and make buying decisions based on that, then do we love the country as much as we say we do? Do I? Do you? I know that's a hard conversation, but it's one we have to have, right? Speaking of hard conversations, Elon Musk is back in the news, and I think it's kind of hilarious because his dad had a hard conversation with him. Hang on